Hey, good morning, everyone. Pastor Tim, and thanks, Sean, for that great worship. Uh, Was that Hubbard up there? I couldn't tell who that was playing the drums, but uh, great worship, and uh, thank you all for just leaning into this wonderful time of worship. How many of you still have your New Year's resolutions all raring? Not too many hands, you know. They say maybe about this time or the end of January, people start, uh, you know, forgetting their New Year's resolutions, but, you know, I think every year people really enjoy getting a fresh start. They like getting that crisp calendar out. They like starting anew with all the hope and possibilities of a, of a new year, all the things that have gone on from the past. They're just ready to set all of that aside. And especially for us in the last few years, uh, you know, 2020 and 2021 and 2022, people are still trying to kind of awaken out of the pandemic with the pandemic blues and just all the things that have been going on. And so I think a lot of people are ready to make a new start. And you know, when we do that, we start looking for all kinds of models and mentors. We look for examples and guides. If you want to get in a little better shape, maybe you might go to Weight Watchers and you might get some help if you want to really buff up You might get a personal trainer. You look to other people to kind of help you sometimes. I remember this elderly lady, she was walking up to this house, and she happened to see this older-looking gentleman there on a rocking chair on the front porch. And he was just rocking back and forth, and he had this weathered, feeble look about him, but he seemed to be happy as a lark. And she kind of said, well, you look to be so happy. What is your secret And the guy said, well, he said, you know what, I uh, am happy. He says, I I smoke about three packs a day. I I drink a case of whiskey a week. I eat lots of fatty foods and I never exercise. And she said, wow, and you're happy. And and she said, how old are you anyway? And he said, about 26. (laughs) Well, you would not look to... A person like that, if you want to get a healthy body, right? Uh, You know, maybe you are looking to work on your marriage this coming year. Maybe it's relationships, and you might turn to some books. You might go to a marriage enrichment retreat. Uh, You might do a number of things. Maybe talk to other couples that have been there and have gone through challenging times and can guide you and lead you. Uh, You know, I remember there uh, a few years ago, maybe you heard about the lady who inserted this ad, a classified ad in the local newspaper that said, husband wanted. Did you hear about that? And she received something like 200 letters, and they all said the same thing. You can have mine. (laughs) You know, building a successful body or life or relationship or whatever you're going to do takes intentionality. It takes time. Nothing worth having comes easy. Well, let me ask you, if you want to have a content life, if you want to have a life that is full of joy, if you want to have uh, a life that has tremendous hope, where would you turn? Well, I want to give you a hint today because I want to point you to the words of Jesus our Lord in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7. 
Here we find these wonderful words that Jesus is sharing with us that everyone who hears these words of mine and put them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So give your attention to this reading today out of Matthew's gospel. It says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. And though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and ignores it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. And when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And when Jesus here had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. You know, a relationship with Jesus is the foundation for a very satisfying and fulfilling life. We're in a series here this month called Firm Foundation. Where we're really challenging everyone to build their life upon the rock of Jesus Christ. Something that is unwavering. Something that will never change. Something that is ultimately reliable. The rock of Jesus Christ. These words here in Matthew 7 are really at the conclusion of the great Sermon on the Mount, which is the greatest sermon ever preached and Jesus here is really challenging these people that are hearing these things with something very important. He brings the culmination of this great Sermon on the Mount, and he does so with this poignant truth about these two men. And these two men that he describes and talks about here at the conclusion really point to this great spiritual truth about the foundation upon which our lives are built and I want you to give some thought about the comparison and contrast here in Matthew 7, verses 24 down to 29. Jesus here speaking about these two men. And there's some things here, first of all, that you can kind of take away and think, well, there's some very good similarities here between these two. Uh, when you compare the two, you know, both of these men had a similar vision. I mean, both wanted to build a house. Both had the same desires. Both had this longing both had this kind of desire to have this dream of a home. These two guys are alike in that their view of the future essentially is on par with one another. Another key aspect that you could reflect on from this text is that both of these men listen to the truth. Both of these people were in the same service, if you will. Not only did both have the same vision and both uh, seemed to go to the same seminary, they had the same teacher, as it says here, heard these words of mine. Those who listened to this teaching both had the same classroom kind of experience with the same educator. I mean, the written word was communicated by the living word. And Jesus here himself is the professor, and he's sharing this captivating and very important truth. And both men here were oriented to listening to the truth. They evidently were both there. Both were bibliocentric, both available to divine input. This is certainly not about a man, or one man loving to hear the truth and another person having a disdain for it. 
But we're talking about both availing themselves, both hanging out, and both listening to the truth. But something else that is also evident in this text is that both of these men faced the same storm. They lived in the same neighborhood. They lived in the same region. They lived in the same area. The description of the storm here is precisely the same in both cases, and it affected both individuals. Both of their homes, both were subject to the same storm, which means they lived in relative proximity to one another. And you know, isn't that a great truth? Because we all may go through different storms in life, but make sure that you understand we're all going to go through storms. Everybody here is affected by a storm. We're affected by the negative realities of life. And it may not be the exact same thing, but everybody's going to get rained on. Everybody's party is going to have a little storm to it. And life isn't always a bowl of sunshine and cherries. I mean, not always exciting, but life, as you know, has tears. Life has trouble to it. In this world, we have tribulation. We're living in a broken world. And yet, we all have the same vision. We all want to do well. We want to build. We want to hear. We want to have. And yet, we all have a similar experience with storms coming into our life. So notice the contrast here that we find in this story as well. Both of these guys possessed different character. Jesus calls the one man wise and the other foolish. And you know in the Greek, we find the word for foolish is where we get the word moron. Uh, wisdom in scripture is the ability to take truth and apply it. You know, the fool in Scripture isn't necessarily the person who lacks the information, but it's the person who does little, if anything, with the information that they have heard, the truth that has been shared. And you know, the book of Proverbs is full of this kind of thing. Perhaps it, it is just part of human nature. Oftentimes, it, it, the Proverbs says, the fool of the fool bears, but does not respond they hear, but do not apply. And so these two men were fundamentally different in these two ways. Even though both had dreams, both had the same training, the same professor, the same storm. In fact, if you were looking at them from the outside, you would think they were identical twins, maybe. But in description here that Jesus is providing to us, he says they were both different in their character. Secondly here, we find a difference, not in the men of, in and of themselves here, or the material they used, but in the foundation. Both had different foundations, and that was the greatest difference here, perhaps, among the two. It says that the wise man built his house upon the rock, and the foolish man built his house upon the sand. And while both had the same vision and dream and desires and training, and they both experienced the same storm, they did not have the same foundation. Their underpinning was different. Their basis upon which they constructed their, their home was far different. What was undergirding them was not the same. And when Luke tells the story over the Gospel of Luke chapter 6 and verse 48, he says here that the wise man dug deep. 
Now, it cost to build on the rock. I'll never forget, we lived in a parsonage one time that started to slip. And come to find out, there was some rock way down deep, and they brought these almost like stilts. And these engineers came in, and they drilled down to the tune of something like $3,000 for every stilt, and they went down deep so many feet, and they lifted the corner of that parsonage up. But boy, it cost. It took a lot of time. It took a lot of effort. It took energy. And, you know, if you're on the sand, it doesn't take as much. You know, it doesn't take as much effort. Uh, you can be cursory if you want to with the shifting sands of reality in our life. And you can be quick or you can be intentional. You can be really sinking your roots in deep. And the difference, you might say, between the two men here is fundamentally rooted in the fact that the foolish man was building his house for show. The one who built his house on the rock was building it to last. But this second guy was not concerned about how long he was going to be there. He just wanted to make sure, perhaps, that everybody that was driving by was going to get to see his nice, pretty house. It was for public persona. It was not for any kind of depth. You know, I've had some people to come back from Italy that went to see the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Anybody been there? I have not been there, but I've had a few people come back and they say, you know, Pastor, we went over there. It's a great trip and enjoyed my time, but I wouldn't take any time going to Pisa to see the Leaning Tower. It said it just wasn't worth my time. They said it was a big disappointment. I got there and it wasn't as large as I thought it was going to be, and I spent all this time and effort and money going out of my way to go there, and they said it just wasn't anything to see except this little building, this tower leaning, and you could look out at all the vendors there selling a replica of the tower leaning. And I'm told, however, that the tower leans because it's located at Pisa, which it's a marshy area, kind of a muddy area, and it did not have a proper foundation. And because it didn't have a proper foundation, it was leaning something like 1 20th of an inch, every year and it was built on the wrong foundation and the only thing that the leaning tower of Pisa is good for is tourists <laughs> all it is is for show for people to come by and look at it and you know oftentimes when we have things like that that are built on the sand and there's a total uh, just kind of odd thing that's going on there it's just kind of for show it just lacks depth. And if your life, your home, your family is not on the right foundation, you might say it's a tourist attraction. And also notice with me, but both these men here experienced different results. They both had a different outcome. The biggest contrast, I think, of all of this is the results because it says that one house stood and the other fell. And notice it says it fell greatly. This wasn't just a case where there were a couple of cracks in the foundation, but there was a total collapse. And maybe if you were to drive by both homes, you wouldn't discover anything going on uh, initially. Maybe if you were to talk to the owners, you wouldn't think anything different. The only time you would discover uh, what's going on here was when the storm came. And the storm revealed the very nature of their foundation. One could withstand the storm and the other could not. And as long as the sun is shining, you won't 
think about anything. You may not even care about anything, but the storm has a way of letting you know that there is a problem going on in your life if you're not on the rock of Jesus Christ. Notice here the language in both cases. The, the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew. And you know, whenever you have the rains coming down, a torrential downpour, and you have the floodwaters rising, and you have the winds blowing, and we're not just talking a couple of shingles blowing off your house here, and you have this gale force winds, you're talking about a bona fide hurricane coming into their lives. Hurricane season came on both of them. You know, I wish the Christian life was really what some people declare, that it's just a, you know, a bowl of sunshine, it's just a, a wonderful experience but friends there's oftentimes those moments in life where the rains come and the winds blow and you know it falls on the the just and the unjust it comes to the righteous and the unrighteous it comes upon those who are firmly planted on the Lord it comes upon those who have not planted on the Lord and I ask you today how is your foundation you know, Jesus here in this text is really demanding our attention at this point. And he's really reminding us here of how important it is that we heed his word. Knowledge has to become action. Theory has to become practice. Theology has to become life. It doesn't do any good if you go to the doctor and they give you a prescription and then you don't take it as directed. It doesn't do any good if you go to the dentist and say, you need to start flossing every day and you don't do it. It doesn't do any good if you go to the personal trainer and they tell you, here's what you need to do to get fit, and you don't do it. Or if you go to Weight Watchers and you just toss that to the side and eat whatever you want anyway. Friends, our foundation of our life must be formed before the storm comes. You never, every house is tested. And the difference, as you know, is not in the weather, but friends, it's in the foundation upon which the house is anchored. You know, I've seen many people in my ministry and throughout my life that at the first sign of crisis, they ran to the church to get religion. But friends, it's not that easy. It's a foolish person who thinks they can begin constructing a proper foundation when you're in the middle of the storm. Here, here some time ago, uh, you know, it got a little... Um, cold and icy and uh, this was last year and um, you know I thought I need some ice melt but it was too late I went to the store and it was already bought out here a couple years ago there was a hurricane going in Florida and they were uh, you know talking to some people and interviewing and they waited too long to go to Home Depot or to go to Lowe's it was all wiped out the plywood was no more and you know, every house is tempted, and it's a foolish person who thinks they're suddenly going to begin construction when they're in the middle of a storm. When life is rushing upon you, it's, it's really too late. The time is to build in the calm. Now, a few years ago, I did a study on the Odyssey, and this is the, the whole understanding of pain and suffering. And I happen along a book by C.S. Lewis, who many say is probably the greatest theologian of the 20th century. And he went through a time of great storm in his life. 
And he wrote the book, A Grief Observed. And he tells of the great storm in his life when his wife died and he experienced loneliness like he had never experienced before. And he would try to think wonderful thoughts, how blessed he was to have known this lady and, and all the wonderful times that he had together. But inevitably, he said there would be this moment whenever a memory would come back and it would just be such a crushing blow to think about the loss and the separation. But he said it was in this hour of grief that he really turned to God. He realized how important. And he wrote these words, and I've got them on the screen here. You never know how much you believe anything until its truth or falsehood becomes a matter of life or death. And he said, I realized that if my house collapsed with this one mighty blow, it was indeed a house of cards. C.S. Lewis' house endured the storm because he had built his house on the rock of Jesus Christ. The rock of God's word. Friends, I want to say that one of these days, your life is going to be tested. And the Bible gives these warnings repeatedly to us to get our house in order. To get our lives right to get in a right relationship with God. And Jesus gives a warning here. And warnings are important. Uh, if your smoke detector goes off, it's giving you a warning. Ours went off a few weeks ago and it started that chirping. And I knew, whoop, time to get a new battery. If, if, if the lights on your dash there on your car goes off, well, you know, it's maybe time to change the oil. Maybe you're about to run out of gas. Maybe it's time to inflate a little bit. Check your tire pressure. Sometimes those lights don't mean anything except kind of as a, as a reminder to us. Uh, when I was in college, I worked at Lazarus Department Store. Just as a side job, that was before Macy's, I guess, but Lazarus Department Store. And uh, I worked there, and you know what? It seemed like almost every day the fire alarm would go off. And it got to the point where people were kind of sloughing it off, and they're like, well, I don't know whether to get out of the building and evacuate or just keep on working. But, you know, it was still a time to be thinking about, are you prepared? Are you ready? What would you do? Be alert. And so you have to make a decision whether to believe the alarm and take appropriate action or disregard it and go on with you, your business. Friends, this is a great warning to us here as Jesus is wrapping up his sermon. The warning from the Lord that everyone needs to make a decision and respond to his grace, to respond to his word. It may be that if you're, you build your house on the sand, you will get by for many years. He said there's coming a moment where the winds are going to blow, the rain is going to fall. Floods are going to sweep things away. And I wonder today, are you ready? Are you ready? I want to invite you to join me in a moment of prayer. Maybe if you are here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, maybe you have been for many years just kind of putting things off. Maybe you have just said, um, you know, I'm not really sure right now what I need to do. Maybe God is speaking to you. 
Maybe the Lord is drawing you unto him today. And if you're here and you just want to have prayer, I'm going to be down front. And, uh, but I want to pray for you now. And so join me in a moment of prayer. But Lord, we thank you that we can call upon you today. That regardless of where we've been and what we've done, that you stand in such a wonderful position of grace toward us. And Lord, I just pray for each one here today as we take a moment to survey our life, to check in, Lord, your spirit, Lord, may I have right away in the hearts of everyone here. I pray, God, that you would just come close to those that are crying out to you today, seeking forgiveness, those with repentance, Lord. Lord, you would hear their cry and bless them with assurance. Lord, you would help them to build upon you a firm foundation. So, Lord, have your way today in this service in every heart. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.